Hello. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? I'm great, Dan. How are you today? You sound awesome. Oh, I sure do. Mm. You do. You do. Yeah. yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> I'm speaking to you from a very, very tiny uh, laptop computer. Are you okay? No. No. I'll figure it out. Okay. You need to this is down. hard. This is difficult. <laughs> My Skype won't work and it's killing me. Ugh. It's killing me, Dan. I'm sorry. But people don't want to know about that. They don't? No. No, we've had two abortive attempts to record, and now we're here, and let's make good use of our time and help the nice people. All right. I like that idea. Why not? Why don't we do the same thing? We'll just do it, do it to the gopher. Yeah, I don't even need a reason. I, I, uh, I got I to gotta figure this out at some point. I need, I need, uh, I need a Skype Sherpa. Hmm. But you got, there's some, you are using a computer, and it is working. So we're, we're somewhere. Yes. As, uh, let me move this. As a, uh, as a listener of this program, hopefully uh, nothing will be different. They'll wonder the where the episode was, and it'll be out, and it'll be fine. Everyone's fine. Yes. Everything's no, okay. No one cares. No one cares. No one does. No. No, no. one need care. None of these shows will ever air. Nothing. None of them. <laughs> We've got a lot of odds and or sods that we need to catch up on, and that the list just keeps growing. I know. Mm. But here mean? we here we are. We're doing oh good, 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 good. Did you eat? I ate. I ate barbecue. Oh, nice. I had ma- leftover macaroni and cheese. That is not enough protein for a man like you. My wife makes excellent macaroni and cheese. Also, I've discovered a hot dog that I like a lot, uh, courtesy of John Syracuse. A hot the, dog uh, the, brand? Well, Boar's Head, make, which makes several hot dogs, uh, makes a kind that's like it's a bunch of wieners in a pack with a natural casing. Like when you take them out, they're all like linked together like in a cartoon. And they're really, really good. They're oh, yeah? long and slender, and and they're very and they pop. They got a little crack to them. They're really, really good. I might I might be off the Hebrew Nationals. I'm not sure. I'm trying uh, to you think of a, the brand name, the one that that we get. Oh, you you told me. I think you have uh, you had. I linked you linked at one point to this some uh, some fancy artisanal hot dogs. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I it was think in conjunction with what? It's Applegate. With, I'll put it into the show notes Apple for this Gate. episode. It's Applegate uh, Natural is what they're called, and they have natural okay. uncured beef hot dogs. Very good. Natural bun length is another option. Bun length. Mm-hmm. They even have one that's called Stadium. Style. I don't know what that is. I've never, I've never seen that one in the store. But they even have for all the people like, well, I don't eat beef. Then they, they have turkey. Mm. They got turkey in there. That's a shame. And chicken. Yeah, not in the one I get. I'm saying it's in all a separate one. I know. One. No, I, I, you know, all due respect. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, it does make a difference. But anyway, I had a couple wieners uh, with my uh, mac and cheese last night. All I had was leftovers. I'm t- very time constrained today, Dan. I, I, I have to catch up. This is the problem. Once you get behind on the podcast, they start accumulating. They build up. Know, it's like a they build, they, it's like a wax get clogged. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You gotta you gotta open things up at least once uh, in a while. I wish I prepared more prostate cancer. Oh, is that what that is? Uh-huh. Is that kegling? Is that what that is? <laughs> yes, that is what that is. All right. Keg- sure. There's a life hack. There's a life hack for kegling. I don't know. Like, about uh, it. Well, if you don't have an aftermarket de- device or something, you just, you act like you're, um, you're sitting in your seat doing your business. You might be recording a podcast. No one needs to know. And you act like you're, you well, pinching one off. And, and then you do that. You do longs and shorts, and then mm-hmm. that's that's a way to that's a way to kegel. Okay. If you've got a device, I don't know. I've never had a device, and if I did, I don't know if I'd want to share that. No, that's something that you would. All right. 
Okay, so uh, we got lots of odds and sods and follow-ups. Uh, real quick, Ungainly X-Man Meetup. The next one has been scheduled for November 16th at Two Cats Comics. You go to 320 West Portal Avenue in San Francisco, and you can come hang out with me and my pals. And uh, it's a real fun nerd time. Is it very People- clickish? Like, what if you're new and you just want to, you're there and you're like, I just want to meet some friends and, and now I feel like I can't go because all these people know each other and right. they're not going to let me into the group. That's actually a really good point. Um, I don't feel welcome there. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I'm the nominal host. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me. No. They're, they're doing their Magic's The Gathering and their multi-sided dice. Right, sure. They got, a lot, they got, they got dice there. They got, uh, they got Cards Against Humanity packs. They got uh, Settlers of Catan. You can get it all. They also have lots of coloring books. Is your daughter into Tsum uh, Tsum's? No, I, I don't know what that is, and I'm worried. Oh, you know, these days um, there are a lot of, um, how would you, I don't even, there's got to be a name for this in the industry, but there's lots of like tiny toy franchises. Usually buy them in like a blind box at Walgreens. You got your Shopkins, uh, you got your, uh, I can't remember all of them, but we have all of them. But the Simpsons are fun. They're these little kind of, um, they're kind of shaped like a Tylenol. And it's almost like it's like a Funko of Disney products where like you get this little bean shaped, like you can get a Snow White or you can get a Daredevil or you can get a, get a whatever. And they, they have a real nice coloring book that combines like Marvel and Disney characters with their Tsum Tsums. T-S-U-M, T-S-U-M. So you go to uh, 320 West Portal Avenue. You come out, no, it's Thursday, November 16th at 7.30 p.m. You come out and hang out. You buy some comics like a gentleman. It's fun. It's a, you don't have to be a comic person to come there. Mainly, you know, if you chose to, you could say hi to me. You probably won't. Uh, there's lots of other, uh, you know, very handsome people that'll, that'll be there. Do you have any comic book recommendations that you'd like to share for this episode? Ooh, that's a real good question. I've what? got a couple if you do or if you don't. I have not been reading a lot lately. You start, and I'll have a couple for you. All right. Uh, the, this is something um, that – neither of these books are something that I was really anticipating getting or, 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 or getting into. Um, but I was at the comic store over the weekend, and I was looking for the – there was a after the War for Planet of the Apes came out or around that time, they came out with a couple Boom Studios came out with a couple comics that went along with it. So I was in there trying to get that and they, they didn't have any. I said, All right, well, what do you have that's kind of like creepy cool western stuff? Because I love that. I just love that. I love Western. I've always I grew up always loving Westerns. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe there's some kind of cool Western stuff. And uh, the guy runs a shop, ABC, Austin Books and Comics, best uh, comic store in Austin by far, recommended one to me called The Sixth Gun. The Sixth Gun. And hmm. it is it is uh, a long, long series. And, of course, I'm getting these in, in trades. And uh, I just started reading it over the weekend. And I'm really enjoying it. It's It does have a little bit of a supernatural stuff in the mix which i enjoy and it is sort of like it takes place in the old west after the civil war and there are six pistols each has some kind of dark power it's like a thanos ring yes and the owner of the pistol you get the ability that the the weapon gives you until you die Huh. And the sixth gun kind of gets 
taken. I don't want to ruin anything, but it gets kind of taken away from the general who is kind of an un, uh, reanimated, undead, non-dying figure. Anyway, it's very good. It's very cool. Characters are good. And uh, I just started just started reading that. And then the, the, I'll put that in the yeah, put, put, the, put that in the notes. And then the second one I haven't started reading yet, um, but it is called uh, Rock Candy Mountain. Have you heard of this? No, not at all. Uh, it's got a forward by um, Matt Fraction, who I know you're a, a big, fan big fan of. Big fan. And he really seemed to enjoy that. Uh, but, oh, look, you can get it on Amazon, too. Oh, and it's about hobos. It is about hobos. Wow. Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yes. <laughs> it is a, a hobo fighting epic, as it is Ooh. described. Wow. And uh, Jackson is the main hobo in it, and he's got a sidekick, Pomona Slim, and the devil is in it, and the FBI is in it, and there's something about the hobo mafia in it. But it is a post-World War II America via the rails. Hmm. And uh, it's got just some really, really fun art, and ho- there's hobo fighting, and it's, it's good, it's fun, it's funny. And so I'll put that into the show notes as well. Good one. Yeah. Did you ever, um, I never finished this. I only read the first trade. Did you ever read East of West? I have not read that one, but I've heard that it was really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's our buddy Jonathan Hickman and, uh, how do you pronounce the name, Nick Dragata. If you like Western stuff, I would check that out. I mean, you know, Western plus other things. I think Stephen King has made it uh, a more comfortable world for us to do weird things with cowboys. Because really of, opened the door. Because of the, um. That, that one thing he did. Yeah. And then I, the other thing. I never read those. No, me neither. I've heard the podcast about it, though. It sounds like, uh, and I, I saw the trailer for that uh, movie with Stringer Bell. Supposedly not very good. Oh, boy, we saw a trailer yesterday. Whew. You know, what is the deal? What is the deal with showing really graphic trailers for R-rated movies and PG-13 movies? I do not like this trend. Where the trailer is actually rated R? Well... It's my understanding that the way the MPAA thing works, when you see that green, the green band thing at the beginning, it says this, this uh, preview, whatever it says, this pre- preview has been authorized for blah, 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 acceptable, da, 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 da. And I guess it's supposed to be like, okay for, but it's definitely not tuned to what movie you're seeing. So like if you took your really cool nine-year-old kid to see the Billie Jean King movie, and then you get the Matt Damon, like, murder the mob movie have you seen that that the trailer uh no i haven't i've seen the one where he gets shrunken down or something oh right benjamin button yeah (laughs) no 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 no. where he gets (laughs) he gets shrunken down goes to a world of shrinky dinks oh that sounds fun uh this one is um some kind of like it's a haha it's like a grisly comedy and it's got uh poe dameron in it and it's got uh yeah it's got it all it's got splatter and stabbing and children in peril and all the things you want to see before the battle of the you have a movie. you have a big issue with children in peril and by the way so do i i uh i don't yeah that's that's one of my you know my my, my two are like children in peril and personal violence mm-hmm. of any kind I mean, like stormtroopers getting blown up, like we can we can roll with that. But like, they're, like, fa- uh, they're faceless clones. Like teen girl at knife point is not okay. That kind of stuff. Agree. The kind of stuff that used to be just okay, like when we were kids. You know, Billie Jean King movie was fun. You know, it's got the lady from. Uh, it's got Gwen, Gwen Stacy in it. It's got uh, the guy from The Office. Uh, great kind of cameo by Fred Armisen that kind of steals it. It's a very good movie. 
Good movie to take a kid to. Well, not a great movie to take a kid to. There's some stuff where we turned our eyes away a little bit. What, what was the movie again? Battle of the Sexes. It's about the um, Billie Jean King, Sex. Bobby Riggs um, tennis match in 1973. Oh. And you took your child to this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's PG-13. And there were some parts where we both closed our eyes a little but bit. But it has that word in the title. Oh, that's okay. Really? I mean, Battle you got of the all, Sexes? You got all of it. Yeah, it has the S-E-X in the title. Well, it probably would have been, I mean, in a different time, in a more woke time, as you say, you would say, you would say uh, the disagreement of the genders would be a better I would to totally have taken my kid to see a movie called Disagreement, but the <laughs> S-E-X, and, and you gave me a hard time about taking him to a movie called Logan. That's just one word, Logan. No one the has worst, any. I mean, the quote unquote worst part of it was like some probably sexier than it needed to be lady kissing. Oh, I saw your tweet about that. Did I? Or someone was tweeting about they took their kid maybe it wasn't you but someone was tweeting that they took their kid to see it and there was a lot of kissing there was some pretty serious it wasn't even the lady part it was the like it was very for what i've come to think you know pg-13 in our age usually just means there's going to be some stupid violence in one f word um but yeah but it's okay i mean but the but it was um you know whatever i'm a bad parent i wanted to see i wanted to see what things used to be like you know, I was pulling for Bobby Riggs. I was a man of the time. I thought I thought Billie Jean King was uppity. Did you ever now, have you see, have you started have you seen either either Ozark yeah. on Netflix or Mindhunter? Seen the first two of Ozark at my wife's behest, and I really like it. I just and, finished it, and I'll tell you what, it is great, yeah. great, hundred percent. So isn't he good in that? He's great, and he Michael directs Blues. he yeah. he directs some of it. Is that right? Or all of it, even. Watched uh, The Last Mindhunter mm, a night or two ago. I thought that was very, very good. Did you like Mindhunter? Yeah, I'm only about... While you were saying, I was trying to think... Of, I think I've seen maybe five, four or five episodes of it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Have you gotten up to uh, Kemper? Where they go and visit Kemper? Ye- the guy with the glasses? Yes. How great is he? He is great. That actor is... He's so good. That's so <sighs> creepy, too. It's like almost every, I could see almost everybody on that show having their own HBO series. Like his partner, the, his cop partner. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, no way is he 45. But, like, but he, um, that guy's great. Kemper's great. Um, what a great cast. The woman. Have you met the woman yet? I met the, the woman. Um, of course I met the woman. She's awfully good, too. Anna Torv. Very, from oh, from Anna The Torf. Fringe. She was on The Fringe? This is the lady FBI lady? This is the FBI lady. Oh, I think she's very good. Uh, no spoilers, but uh, I could recommend uh, Mindhunter. It's um, it's certainly not for kids. Uh, and uh, ditto Ozark. But Ozark's, um, and I mean, it's it's obviously got a little bit of a kind of kind of a Breaking Bad kind of tone a little bit. I just think it's outstanding that show. the The direction is great. The acting is perfect. The casting is perfect. It's it's just creepy enough. And and mm, that ending, the finale. Woo! Okay, I'll Woo! get there. I will get there. Woo! Ooh. It's good. Woo. Uh, very good. Very good. Yeah, there's a lot of good TV out there. Didn't love the Walking Dead premiere. Didn't love it. A lot of people never, really never like seen it. an uh, episode of the Walking Dead. You're good. You're good. I don't You're like good. jump scares. Oh, see, I warned. We got uh, Kong Skull Island, which is not a very good movie. But uh, I watched the first half hour so I could tell her when the jump scares were. Not a fan of jump scares. Jump scares, personal violence. Sexy time. I because I I just want to say again, Sons of Anarchy. You will mm-hmm. you will not like this. Do not watch it. 
Okay, but I know a lot of people love it. Yeah, it it's done. It's been done for three years. It ended in 2014, but I just started watching it, and I watched I watched every episode. There's seven seasons, thirteen episodes a season, and I I've figured it out. I've been watching this thing for damn near four months now, and wow. I'll tell you what it I there were certain episodes that I found because there is a lot of violence mm-hmm. that I would watch, and I'd be like, oh, why am I watching this thing at eleven? 30 at night but if you can get past that occasional violence uh that's in it it's i really enjoyed it really really enjoyed it and now i find i miss it you know it's like you're hanging out with someone or a group of people every every day for an hour every day and now all of a sudden they're just gone yeah i know i know i know i know i i know that feeling you get very involved i feel that way about arrested development right now oh yeah there's a very good video um i know you I feel like I know you are a fan of several David Fincher joints. Yes. Um, Nerd Rider, aka Nerd Rider One on YouTube, has a really good video you should watch called How David Fincher Hijacks Your Eyes. And I won't spoil it because you should see the video for yourself, but it's one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like this thing that David Fincher does that makes you appreciate him even more. Um, if you're a fan of his stuff, definitely check it out. Mindhunter has good music in it too. Yes, it does. Where do they get all those cars? Uh, everything you know? in there is perfect. I, 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 Where do you find good. a totally cherry 1977 Nova? Oh, I love those cars. Yeah. I'll tell you, and then, and then wreck it. Uh, wreck the, it. Other, the other thing that I was watching, which I'm, is not, this is not a recommendation. I, in fact, I would say I, I don't recommend people necessarily watch this, even though it's very good, is All the President's Men. And uh, in this movie you actually get to see people getting work done without computers. And it's like, there's why a whole... You, why would you say you don't recommend that? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't recommend it. I don't not recommend it. I'm just not hmm. saying I recommend it. I think it's such a good movie. I love the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm just saying, I'm not putting it up there as like, like I recommended two comics things, and now we're recommending oh, Ozark. I, I and we're see. Recommend- you don't want to over-recommend. I don't want to over-recommend. I'm saying this is a good movie, but what occurs to me in it is... There, you get to see a world, a window into a world that was very much, is very different from the world that we are in today. There's no cell phones, there's no computers, and this whole movie, everything about the movie, it couldn't, it couldn't happen today with the technology that we have today. If they, if they had cell or, phones- Or with had, the cultural mores that yes, we have today. Yeah. And you think about how much of our news we get is captured and shared electronically. That's obviously, as you're saying, that's one huge difference there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you get to appreciate all the stuff, like how much he's using a dial telephone and a legal pad and, you know, typing with a typewriter right. one sheet at a time and right. gets sent off to the copy desk. That, that's all, depending on how you look at it, and, you know, nostalgic or I, I think very interesting. But the other part is obviously the vetting of it. You know, it's, we move at the speed of light now with gathering and sending information. And so much of... The dramatic tension in that movie comes out of this combination of like you see Woodward and Bernstein as they pivot between like ah here's this information we tried so hard to get and we've gotten it and we've gotten it confirmed by this person and this person but not that person and then Ben Bradley or you know whoever is going to like say well no you can't do that you still don't have the story right and like go go back until you can get this amount of you know verification of it before you can even say something like fairly innocuous right like oh you know you've only got two people corroborating the story and one of them's anonymous forget it like you. You got to get more, get more, get more. Right, 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 right. 
I saw a trailer. The there's a Mark Felt movie uh, the, about the guy who was Deep Throat with um, what's his name with a uh, very particular set of skills guy. What's his name? Uh, you know that one guy. Who's that one guy? Who's that the one guy actor? who played Mark Felt? In yeah, the, the guy pl- plays Mark Felt in the movie. Who's the actor I'm thinking of? I know uh, the guy. I'm looking it up right now. Oh come on! It's the guy from the movie with the with the daughter and his particular set of skills. <laughs> uh, what's that actor's name? Um, People are yelling so hard right now. Oh my god! This is what happens. Liam Neeson. That's not who played Mark Felt in the movie. He plays Mark Felt. No, in this movie. Oh, you're talking about Hal Holbrook. Oh yeah. Okay. That's him. In the garage, that's Hal Holbrook. Yeah, that's, that's what I was looking at. But they got a Mark movie now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Hal Holbrook. Oh, it's not getting good notices. Oh, dear. Uh-uh. It's only got 31 tomatoes. <laughs> wow. Mm. Hmm. They get the green splat. Um, yeah, no, um, there's just so much to love about All the President's Men. Certainly as a capsule of the time, not just politically, but, you know, just culturally all the smoking everywhere and everything, but, but also just like the, the pacing of the movie and the like such, I think it's, I want to say it's Alan Pacula. I forget who directed it, but also there's, um, hello. It also is, uh, <laughs> very, uh, the pacing of it is super interesting because I think it's a very exciting movie given that it's mostly a movie about people talking to each other and writing things down and getting in cars. Yeah. But still, a lot of lot of suspense, mm-hmm. and also just like the canny use of like the TV in the background. You know what I mean? Like a TV yes. in the background talking about um, well, yeah, the vice president right. uh, imploding Eagleton or whatever. I know more about this than I remembered. Um, I Did you read the book movie. as well? No, no, no. Well, no, I've been. I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading a book, book about prog rock right now, and I'm reading a book about. Uh, uh, CBT. Those are my two books right now. Oh, the CBT. That's good. Mm-hmm. I also got a good app for CBT that I, I wanted to mention. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like the be all end all, but uh, should I mention this? Yes. Um, you know, there's those apps that are like for meditation and some of those really work great for people. This one, I thought it was a very interesting, interesting kind of multifaceted approach. Uh, so it's in show notes. Uh, it's called Pacifica. It's an iOS app. Daily tools for stress and anxiety. I guess they should say probably to oppose stress and anxiety. Daily tools for stress and anxiety alongside a supportive community. Well, basically you go in and you tell it like stuff you want to work on and it has little exercises. It might be something like you do like a thought journal. It could be that you do a meditation. And I don't know. I just thought it was a really interesting app. It's not too expensive. And uh, I thought it was it was a kind of a multi pronged approach. Here, here's what it isn't: it isn't somebody recorded 18 audio files and wrapped it in a web view. Like it actually feels like an actual right. app, and it integrates with Apple Health, which is kind of cool. So you get your mindful minutes and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think there's that many of these apps that are that that good that I would like actually recommend. But if you're looking for something like that, I'm not saying this is a replacement for like real help. But um, Pacifica, you can get them at thinkpacifica now dan if people don't have a pencil in hand or they're driving an automobile where would people find show notes for episode god i hate this keyboard 346 diggity 346 god i hate this keyboard so much which one are you using oh the one on the laptop the macbook adorable five by five dot tv slash dot wait five by five dot tv slash b as in butros two Mm. as in the number W 
as in wet, slash mm. three, four, six. Boutros too wet. And that's where you go. You'll find show notes for all of these things. So there's a, an article here in the New York Times. Yes. Uh, we just came out in June of uh, 2017. We taste-tested taste, taste 10 hot dogs. Here are the best. Oh, wow. And uh, they test the Applegate, Nathan's, Oscar Mayer, Welshire Farms, Boar's Head, Trader Joe's, Neiman Ranch, Ballpark, Brooklyn Hot Dog Company, and Hebrew National. So all of yours are in here. And they put them on a grill, they browned them, they put them in a nice bun, and they had a group of, uh, I guess, New York Times people to come in and taste them all. So I feel like this, if, if there ever has meant to be an article in our show notes, this is one. It's the, it's the paper of record. It is, and it's mm-hmm. there. And uh, Are you, you going to tell us? Do we have to look? Yeah, you've got to look. All right. We're going to okay, have to look. look. Okay, but they, I, they, they do use one of the, the they do use the word flaccid hmm. to describe one of the hot dogs. That's, that's a little bit hurtful. Yeah, I won't, I won't tell you which one. <laughs> you think the hot dog likes being like that? I don't think it does because the Maybe other ones drink are more water. Uh, do you want to know? The, the, I, I don't really think they didn't like number it. It's like not like the ten best, but they do like. I'll just tell you. Yeah. Yeah. This is surprising um, to me. I have to tell you. Welshire Farms Premium All Natural Uncured Beef Frank seven ninety nine for eight. They describe as smoky herby. Is this fancy? Uh, and they say we all loved its levels of garlic and spice. Hebrew National Kosher Beef Frank six twenty nine mm-hmm. for seven. Classic. Sam declared the people's hot dog. That's a good hot dog. For the Applegate that I recommend, Applegate, the great organic uncured beef hot dog nine ninety nine for eight. Not bad, but the salt balance is off. And where are the spices, I wrote in my tasting notes. The kid hot dog par excellence. This is the mm. only grass-fed hot dog that the panel liked. Wow. Yeah. This is a good article. Nice photos, too. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Huh. I'll be damned. All right. Yeah. Oh, look at all those hot dogs. Sorry. This is all very stressful, Dan. I know. It's it's just it's terrible terrible business. I would have expected the Neiman Ranch Fearless Beef Frank six ninety nine for four. Yes, to have done better, but they they didn't think it was. It's the most expensive hot dog they said, and it did not fit in standard buns. Oh no, because of its girth. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's girth or length there. Yeah, a lot of hot dog buns are not made to accommodate a large wiener. They they um, <laughs> they lose some of their structural, especially if you warm them up. I like to warm my bun before, before I put my wiener in. Mm-hmm. So warm a lot of times I'll, I'll yeah I'll steam it or I'll just microwave it for fifteen twenty seconds. That's all. And you, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I have a very powerful microwave. You need and more, I don't want to more time. Well, I don't want to I don't want to harden my bun. I want it to yield, and it loses its structural <laughs> integrity. Yeah. Right. You yeah. want a way to have it just be nested in the in the crack. You don't you don't want it to like actually <laughs> cause. You don't you don't want the wiener to get into the crack and then cause you know some kind of lack of structural integrity. You wouldn't want to tear the bun. No, you don't. You don't. You're gonna need some kind of bun surgery for that. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Um, did you did you want to tell me about something that you like? I would love to tell you about Fresh Books. Fresh Books. Fresh Books. To all the freelancers listening right now, Fresh Books is your thing. What if you could reclaim up to 192 hours for your time? 
Well, 192 hours spread out over the year. It's two working days per month. You want those two working days per month back to work on things, to have your, your time back, to do the things that you've been wanting to do all this time you haven't been able to do because you've been spending time on like invoicing. And that's what these guys like, do. Like a, like a, like a mook. Um, just like a mook. Like a mook. What's the difference between a mook and a jamoke? Uh, oh, you mean like a jabroni? Sure. Or jamoka. A jamoka, I think, is a shake at Arby's. Is it really? Yeah, but you wouldn't want to have that on your fresh books. Jamoke. 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 A clumsy J- loser J- who's Jamiroquai. incapable of doing normal human tasks, it says. Oh, that's, that's also very hurtful. Not as hurtful as a weenie and a hard bun, but... But yes, in, well, in, in Wikipedia, it says yeah. it is a blend of Java plus mocha. Oh, why, why, why even would I want this FreshBooks stand? What does it do? It makes, first of all, it makes invoicing. Will it save me any hours? It will save you the hours. It'll save you okay. two days a month by simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online. So you have a customer, a client who says, oh, can I pay with my credit card? Yes. The answer is now yes, if you use FreshBooks. Even though you, you never uh, had been able to say yes before, now you say yes. Because in like <laughs> two clicks, you get that all set up. I mean, they they, also, they do uh, tr- expense tracking, which is really nice. If you're out, let's say you're out and about and you're at like a business lunch mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you're done eating it and they're like, oh, who's going to get this? No, no, no. I'll get this. And then you oh, take the, a picture yeah. of your uh, of, of your receipt and that go- flies right into, into FreshBooks. Now you've tracked that. You see? Hmm. That's how that works. Mobile expenses is what that's That's called. all you got to do now. That's that's tracked. That's done. <sighs> And they have great support and all that stuff. But the, the main thing that you've got to do is you've got to say to yourself, why am I wasting time like invoicing? That's something that should be a solved problem by now. Mm-hmm. Let's just do what we, what we do best, which is not invoicing, and leave the invoicing to FreshBooks, which is what they do best. Mm. So sign up. There's a free, a free trial on this thing. You know, your, your time is not free, Dan. That's the one thing that you can't ever get back. I think a lot of people think when that lot, no, no, I mean, I don't read Entrepreneur Magazine unless it's forced down my throat on Nuzzle. Please let me filter that. But the thing is, uh, a lot of people will tell you like, oh, you know, you got to go do this on the, on, on the cheap. You got to get a thin client for this. You're going to want to like go do all this yourself. You make your own website. You make your own chairs. Yeah. You know, you make your own angels. Like all that stuff you've got to do. That's not true. That's not true. There's, there's, if somebody else could do it for you more efficiently, more economically, save you time. And I'm going to say it, money. Because mm. time is money, Dan. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Time is a kind of money. Yep. It's a kind of existential It's a currency. currency. It's a currency. It's a currency. Why, why would you not let somebody help you with that? How's that smart business? I should write an article for Entrepreneur. Freshbooks.com slash back to work. And enter the code back to work in the how did you hear about us section that will support the show. And you're going to get a 30-day free trial. You don't have to give them a credit card. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. Enter back to work and how'd you hear about us? And uh, you'll be supporting the show. You'll be supporting yourself. You'll be a better person. And that's something that uh, you can't argue. Mm-mm. So go God, check it out. You're helping a lot of people with this. Where, now, where do they go? Give them one more time. Uh, it's freshbooks.com slash back to work. And enter the code back to work, all one word. in the how did you hear about us section? You'll be supporting the show by doing that second step. Dan Benjamin. Yep. Thank you, FreshBooks. Buck, buck. My friend just texted me and said that they just uh, went through a tornado. But he's really? still he's still good to record later today. Hmm. Wow, that's a <laughs> that's a dedication to the craft. Alexa, yeah. stop! <clears throat> Apparently, my almost throwing up made Alexa go off. 
Uh, you wanted to give a shout out. I do. I do. I definitely do. Uh, this was um, this was a fun thing that I wasn't expecting, and things just sort of they just sort of happen. And how did this come about? Okay, so as as I've mentioned on the show, I have a uh, I have a podcast anal- hosting and analytics service called Fireside, and we have a Slack for customers of the Fireside, and so I got a message from a, a guy in there named Neil, and uh, and Neil said, "Hey, uh, by the way, um, I'm a big fan of the stuff that you do. We, meaning uh, Neil and Brian, are we we have this little band. It's like a kids band. It's a fun thing that we do and." We also have a couple podcasts on Fireside, and uh, by the way, I'm huge Back to Work fans. We love Aww. Back to Work. We're the, the we're, we're your number one fan. We love it. And I listen to Podcast Method and all this other stuff. And I said, okay, cool. And he's like, you probably haven't heard of us, but your kids probably have. Hmm. And I said, oh, okay. And just on cue, my uh, daughter happened to come into the room and sit down next to me. At the same moment that he was pasting into the Slack a link to one of their YouTube videos. So I click the YouTube video and it opens up and it's, you know, one of these fun, like music, funny things for, for kids is like dancing and people having a good time. And, and, and my daughter looks at it and she says, oh, it's Cuckoo Kangaroo. Wow. I've seen this one. Wow. And I said, you, you have? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We watch these in school all the time. I said, you watch these in school? She said, yeah, yeah, this is this thing we see ever. Oh, this is a good, this is my favorite part. And, and she watched a certain part and we wind up watching a few other videos. So I, of course, replied to him and I said, uh, Neil, indeed, my daughter not only knows your stuff, but loves your stuff. Wow. And he said, well, we're doing a show here in Austin uh, in a couple weeks at the domain. And uh, we'd love for you and your, your kids to come out and check it out. It'll be a good time. And I said, I'd love to do that. And uh, meanwhile, Bill, who's also a listener, was doing the, the audio setup stuff for them, DJing, whatever it is they do. And so we went out to this thing. And, uh, and it was a great – their music is, is great. It's hilarious. It's all about audience participation. They bring out a big – you know, remember when you're a kid and, like, you'd be in a – like a – like outside in PE or at a, at a something and they bring out like one of those parachute things and all the kids yeah, like yeah. hold the parachute and shake it around. Like they do that kind of stuff. And yeah, they, parachute time. They yeah. throw a little, a little stuffed animal cat out into the thing. And it's just hilarious. This is a great time. And, uh, Brian and Neil are the guys that do it. And it's, I don't even know how to e- explain their music. Um, they kids are, describe kids are harder it, to entertain than people realize. So hard, and they describe really it as the, annoying. the Beastie yeah. Boys meet Sesame Street is how they That's describe their stuff. And so, anyway, I wanted to thank them number one for for being longtime listeners of this program, but for inviting us out. And at the end, they had my daughter come out there, and they made her feel like a like a, a princess, and just talked to her and and, and gave her a t shirt and a little pendant for her room, and uh, it's just such great. So thanks, guys. Just huge. Shout out to them. Thank you very much for uh, for doing what you guys do. And apparently the reason why it's played in schools is they're hooked up with some kind of, um, I forget what it's called, but there's something that like they show kids in the day 
like when kids are starting to like get grumpy or cranky or like fed up and they can't focus mm-hmm. anymore, they like pl- put on one of their videos and the kids all like get up and dance around and they get their like angst and energy out and then they can like sit down and, and draw again. Gives them some focus. Some focus time. So that's that what is, these guys It's so do. nice to hear from them. And that's, that's, that, this is huge, a huge win fans. all around. Huge show fans. But isn't that nice? Doesn't that make your day? So totally did. Let's make sure to put some of their stuff into notes. And they're way, be- they're they, way better they live than, than the videos even, even show. So. They look very friendly. Yeah. And I have Cuckoo their, their Koo shirt because they're Koo Koo Kangaroo. I got, I got a, they gave me a shirt too that fits me. Boy, these guys are good. Yeah, they're fun. Man. If they come to your town, if you, have a, if you have a kid, if you don't have a kid, if you're a kid, go and check Cuckoo, these guys out. Cuckoo Kangaroo partners with Go Noodle. A a go Noodle, that's web, the one. Brain a Go brain, Noodle thing, yeah. Brain Break website for teachers to produce short and fun videos that encourage kids to get up and dance in the classroom. How about that? That's it. This is nice. I don't know if there's a threshold for, for age. My daughter is six and she's obsessed with it. Um, my son is nine and um, he didn't know anything. He didn't know anything about it, but he liked the music. That's the times we're living in. That's not an unusual experience at all. Yeah. And now I know about Cuckoo Kangaroo, and I'm going to recommend go. it to people. There this is go. very nice. They seem like very nice men. It's, it's Brian and Neil. Brian and Neil. Neil and Brian. I don't know who goes first. One goes go one way, one Brian, goes the other. Brian and Neil. Well, so what? Brian, so what? Brian and Neil, thank you very much for that nice note, and thank you for doing nice things for kids and helping them be uh, less uh, insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's nice people. Yep. Good shout out. Uh, do we want to get into the VPN thing? I don't think. I feel like at this point, I understand even less than I thought I understood when I didn't understand it. <laughs> yes, we had a lot of feedback about VPNs. We got a lot of feedback about VPNs, and then then my friend Glyph, who sometimes comes to the meetups, hi Glyph, uh, sent this uh, very uh, uh, not histrionic, but very like cautionary tale about using VPNs mostly at all, unless it's your own known thing. I, well, let me ask right. you this: do, do you have do you have something you want to share about VPNs at this point? Do we want to just disclaim from the entire topics of VPNs because we don't really know what we're doing? <laughs> I would like to disavow any association I might have once pre- pretended to have with knowing anything about You should make all your house keys out of a butter knife. It's a thing that I read on the internet for security and privacy. Basically, the, the, if, if I may sum up yes, the feedback that we got. Ab- <laughs> it ain't going to be me. <laughs> about, uh, about it was, we don't know what we're talking about. All VPNs are bad. VPNs that you yourself would want to set up are impossibly difficult to set up and to set up correctly. Um, even if you set one up on your own trusted network, your own trusted network could be compromised. So that might not be doing you any good. And um, there really isn't anything good about a VPN. Well, well thank you for your feedback, everyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, you know, we're going to get meta meta feedback. Mm. First of all, about how no, actually VPNs are awesome no matter how you use them. And second, and second, what's that attitude you're copying? Right. Boo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gotta use my Pacific app. Calm the heck down. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. <clears throat> It'd be hard to know when they're working, but I don't know. There's a lot of cautionary tales out there. I, uh, when it comes to this stuff, it's difficult to know whose advice to take. I think that's true for so many security things. I mean, you know, there's there's just so many technical things. There's so many things where, like, you you take something on the strength from somebody without. I mean, how many geniuses out there? Have you heard the stories about the geniuses that are telling people to quit all their apps on their phone? 
Like there's uh, all kinds of like weird advice. Yes, and I, I was in. I was standing in. I, I think it was a coffee shop or something, and I heard two people talking. They're like, "Do you uh, do you quit all the apps on your phone? Do you quit them?" The other person, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, you gotta quit them. You gotta quit them." Yeah, I, I've been quitting them. It seems to help. Oh, it definitely helps. It helps me. Makes my battery life much better. Oh yeah, I'm gonna quit. Hold, on, let me quit all of them right now. Yeah, yeah it'll save your battery. Well, this is one of those, like, turns out all the way down type situations, I think, where, okay, so at the top layer you go, somebody might go, um, oh, you know, I really like my phone, but it's slow. And then somebody goes, well, you know, there's a way that you can quit apps. Oh, really? Yeah, in fact, you should be quitting your apps all the time. And then another person says, well, no, actually, there's never, in the iOS ecosystem, there is never, ever any reason to quit an app and double turns out you're actually slowing your phone down because now it has to relaunch it from scratch. Right. Don't ever quit an app. Right. So I don't know if we're up to Galaxy Brain yet, but we're at least up to like Minnesota Brain. We're up to the point where you go like, uh, well, uh, like, hi, I'll just raise my hand here. There are times when <laughs> quitting an app makes all the difference in the world. Right. <laughs> where like, and of course, then everybody else, all the really sage people go, well, yes, of course, in, in the most extreme examples, but no one should ever encounter that. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess unless Facebook is listening to audio all the time or Photos has decided to like redo your entire uh, library from scratch and then turns out, turns out, turns out, no, it doesn't matter because the process actually keeps running. But I mean, it's it's part of the danger of this wanting expertise that is complete and... Uh, exhaustive when that doesn't really exist for anybody everywhere ever there's i mean like okay so here's what i've come down to is like no there's usually not a need to quit your apps except for the times that you should quit that app and there's no way to know when it's time to quit that app and so we get all this advice from different sides about it but neither side is 100 percent correct i i'm pretty sure you ever get so, a you ever get a hot phone uh right under the uh lens Oh, just anywhere. Like the whole phone heats up. I get up. it right under the camera lens on my 7 Plus, especially after I've done a beta update and it wants to do my photos again. I get real hot right under the little uh, picture thing. The most frustrating thing I've been experiencing now. The answer, the answer though, is yes. I absolutely yeah, do. I get that. I've been, maybe the listeners can help me with this because we got a lot of good listeners. I, ever since installing iOS 11... And never had a problem before this. Never. I There are places in town consistently, one is near my office, one is driving up the hill to my house, where if I'm on a call, and it doesn't matter if it's a voice call or if I'm like uh, doing a FaceTime audio call, mm-hmm. I'll be driving up there and it will drop the call consistently every time in the same place and it never did this before ios 11 like the day before iOS 11 fine next day iOS 11 on problems yeah i mean doesn't that also kind of go for the battery life issue people are talking about We're yeah like, it might i mean i don't know that's one of those things that where it becomes this not tribal but like there's so much anecdotal uh reportage that people are getting noticeably less battery life on iOS right now, like to where it's become like a normal person meme. But I mean, I don't, I mean, is it, and would it matter if we found out what the source was? Is it really iOS 11? Or, you know, is it something where, again, like where photos has to re-index from the bottom because now it's doing this new thing where it syncs some of your metadata Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just, part of it is how we name name it. Part of it is how we identify it. It's just, it's all... I don't know. I, I would like, you're, you're, don't get mad at me for suggesting this, but um, I heard, 
I have to confess that of all the turns out things that I continue to enjoy, maybe guiltily, the one that I really consistently enjoy a lot is Freakonomics Radio, which is a WNYC public radio show um, that I think is really quite good. They had an episode this week that I thought was so freaking good. I'm going to encourage you in particular to listen to it, but also our audience. I put it in show notes. It's called The Demonization of Gluten. Now, before you think that it's a hit job on anti-gluten stuff, it's not. It's one of the most wonderfully multifaceted turns out, inside of turns outs, inside of turns outs that I've heard in a long time. I don't want to spoil it for you, but if you have even the vaguest interest in what gluten is, what it does, what it doesn't do, and how we react to it in our diet and in our economy, what what the anti-gluten hysteria means for the economy. It's all super interesting. And it's not what it seems like. It's not just, oh, everybody's crazy and think that they're gluten intolerant. It's not that. Um, but I thought it was very, I love a story like that that tells lots of angles and leaves me feeling like there's still lots of questions to answer. I just wish my phone lasted longer. But that's at uh, <laughs> WNYC.org. It's in show notes. The story is called The Demonization of Gluten. But it's down to like like discovering the craziest stuff regionally about like what crops are available at what times and suddenly seeing certain like before they even like I guess had a name for celiac how like in certain areas during famine everybody would suddenly get healthier and gain weight and they're like why? Well, it's cuz agriculture and bread and everybody got real sick and we didn't know why. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but anyway, check it out. The demonization of gluten. Very good show. Mm. Page page 2. Oh, boy, Dan, I don't want to bring this up because now I feel really bad. What? What? <clears throat> Did you um, have your call with the surface people? Oh, I did. Do you want to not talk about it? No, I would love to talk about it. Sounds like we might have gotten them wrong a little bit. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Turns out? Turns out... Um. So I, you, I had I mean, it. Honestly, though, you were going to do it as a little bit of a lark, right? A little bit of a like, <laughs> let me talk to these jerks. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I was just like, well, you know, what, 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 could, what could they say? Yeah. And so I had a call with them. And first of all, the first thing I'll say is, and I don't know, I don't know. Did I have a preconceived notion of what it was going to be like? Do I think can of we give my- just a tiny bit of backstory here that like we get, we get dozens of ding-a-ling idiotic like hey we should have this relationship you should have this person on the show from like dozens of utter dinglings yeah. who have obviously never listened to the show have no idea not that that matters but like they want you to go and spend time and we got what we had guessed was a very very silly email right not a silly email but the, we got an email from somebody at microsoft who said they want to talk to us about the surface because they love all the great shows and of course then we did a bit about it on the mm-hmm, last episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where we went off on these people that could go off on many of the dinglings and you, later that day, actually had a scheduled call with some Microsoft persons. I did, and I spoke with them, and they were, um, they were different than I thought they were going to be. They were, very, they were very nice. They were not all corporate speaky like I thought maybe it would be. They sounded like real people. They were regular, regular genuine human beings, real live human beings. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't really know what there is here but but i'm i'm happy to and i started the call with like that i'm like i don't i don't really know what to expect and they're like well you know we um we you know basically they they're really excited about the surface pro and the surface book and then there's uh there's like a surface laptop and they're like uh and you know and we we understand that there's a lot of people out there who normally wouldn't 
ever think to try something like this that this is completely outside of yes and i I said that's me basically and uh and they said so you know we'd love to send you one for you to try out and see what you think and they're like you know what you don't have to talk about it ever just try it out and if you like it great and if you don't like no big deal like try it out and i and and they're like you don't you don't have to worry about ever talk like we're not asking you to talk about it. We're not sponsoring anything. We're not doing it. It's just set, if you try it, maybe you'll like it. Oh, uh, they're, they're, they're doing outreach. Outreach. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, all right, sure, I'll, tr- I'll try it. Why not? I like to be open-minded and, and, and try out anything. So they did send it. and it Really? Re- yes. <gasps> and they sent a – so what I got is a Microsoft Surface Pro with e, the – very nice keyboard thing, case cover thing, and a, a they sent a pen, which is you know like a, a stylus type thing, and they also sent the dial, which is that thing that you whack onto the screen and then rotate, and it lets you like spin through colors and control things and do other things like that. And oh, that little dingus! Yeah, it's like a it's a knob, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And I didn't know what to make of any of this you know i have i definitely have more windows experience helping occasionally helping my son with his windows pc gaming pc uh than than i did in the years since i was a windows nt workstation type guy when i used to like run networks with tons of windows pcs on them uh and and so I'm not going to like do a review of this thing, but what I'd, what I would like to say is there are a few things. The first thing is I will say the keyboard and the, the case cover, you know, this, this is a, I don't know what they have. I'm sure they have a term for it is really, 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 really good. Uh, the, wow. That's the, good to hear. Yes. The, I don't, that's something I do not love on my iPad pro. I, I did not like the iPad Pro keyboard, and I haven't liked any of the keyboards that I've tried. So I always wound up, whenever I was using one and typing with it, I was using an external keyboard with it so that I was um, typing on essentially an Apple keyboard or that Logitech keyboard that we, we both like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because I never liked any of the ones, this one is really great. The keys feel great. The way that it connects is really, really strong. And also, it has like a little second magnet that can that snaps it to the front side of the key, of the screen so that it actually puts the keyboard at an an angle kind of similar to the uh, and natural typing angle really like that touch uh the pen as, as opposed to being flat on a desk flat on a desk right the pen is uh really really good it um, I, a friend of mine who does a lot of art work and graphic design and stuff, I, I let her try it out and she was very familiar with the, um, with the iPad pro and the pencil, the Apple pencil. And right away she liked this. Uh, she's a, by a thousand percent, a Mac person and an iOS person and, and never does anything in the Microsoft world ever. And she immediately was like, Whoa, this is a billion times better. She just loved it. And she, having not used windows or anything was like running this whole thing. And like, this is very, very surprising. Yes. I was, I was shocked and she spent like, I, she probably had the thing for three hours just drawing and and doing stuff with it. And one of the cool things about the pencil that I kind of liked is, um, when you're, you, you're using the pencil, 
uh, it actually shows where the point is going to be on the screen before you actually make contact with the screen. And I, oh God, I, I would love that on the iPad. That was pretty cool. A weird proximity effect where you right. don't really know until it's there. Yeah, so little details like that. I thought they got that. And of course, you can flip it over and use the backside of it as an eraser, which is, makes sense. And it's magnetic, so that when you put it up next to the side of the surface itself, it just just sticks to it without a groove or anything. It just stays where you put it on the side of the surface, which was a nice touch. I didn't do a whole lot with the dial. There was only a couple applications that I had that, that seemed to support it. I imagine it. it would take a while to find that useful, but I'm already so wrong about this. I, I don't, don't know. know but I, I don't know. And it, it's, it's re- I think it go. you know that, what was it? What's the name of that? Surface St- Studio? Is that the name of it? The big sort of PC that's all screen right. that angles down. It, I think it makes more sense on that where you've got so much screen real estate and you don't mm-hmm. so much have it on this. But the other thing that's really cool about this, uh, that uh, all of these things are things I just wish the iPad has, and I feel like it'll never have, is on the back of it, it's the the lower half of the back of it folds out and is this kickstand, I guess they call it. And it allows you to very, very easily adjust the angle that it has on the desk the same way that you would with the lid of the screen of your laptop where you just you angle it and it just stays there and this did the same thing but it's propping it up as well and you can bring it all the way down so that it's just barely angled up over the desk all the way to 90 degrees and and beyond and it's very very sturdy very rigid and uh overall that that part really really impressed me there are some things about the hardware the um of the surface pro itself like it has a bunch of little like vents in the size in the sides of it, I guess because maybe is there a fan in it? Is it just for heat cooling? I don't really know. But there were some things that that felt very much like you you know right away you're not using something from Apple. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Because Apple's yeah, all yeah, yeah. they care about because increasingly their things feel more like there's the you know larger pattern of like unibody. This has no cracks or holes. Exactly. Exactly. Buttons and vents. Yeah. Precisely. Whereas this goes the other way. There's lots of buttons. There's lots of little, you can do There's an SD car reader. There's a, a port for you. I think it's a straight up USB port in the side of it. I mean, like all this stuff is there. And, uh, and of course, you know, it's, it's because, and this is the main point of the whole thing. Unlike the iPad, which is what we mainly compare this stuff to. Whereas the iPad is a mobile computing device running the mobile operating system. This Surface is not that. This is 100% a PC. It is a PC. It is in a form factor of a tablet. But it is, mm-hmm. by all intents and purposes, it is a PC. It has a start menu. Uh, it has a keyboard. You can... Um, you can use the trackpad on the keyboard to move the mouse around. You could, I suppose, plug a mouse into it if you wanted. Uh, you can also touch on the touch the screen and scroll with the screen and move your, you know, do everything by tapping on the screen. And what I learned from this, and I don't want to go too much in, into this uh, right now, but what I learned from it is there are a lot of great things and a, a handful of things I also don't like about. Uh, the idea of making a PC that is a tablet. And I never had any firsthand experience using a device like quite like this before, but it was very eye-opening for me. And I will go on the record and say right now, with confidence, this is my opinion, Apple is wrong not to make macOS on a tablet of some kind. 
Ooh. Yes. Be- That's bold. Yes. Be- and I'll tell you what I, what I don't like about Windows isn't Windows. It's that I don't know how to drive Windows the way I know how to drive macOS and iOS. Um, you can give me a stock macOS machine and I can fly on that thing. I can get it all set up, do exactly what I need. I know where to go to do everything. And of course, that's because I've been in front of one for forever. Whereas with Windows, I, you know, I, I know where things are kind of, but I'm not sure what to expect when I go to install software or when I go to the taskbar or the, um, the start menu. Why does it have this stuff in it? How do I get rid of it? How do I customize it? How do I make this more efficient? So there's a huge learning curve there, especially coming from the Mac world into the PC world. Um, so that, for me, was a hindrance in, in maximizing what I could do with the device. But at, after using it for a day or two, I just came away from it saying, my God, if Apple would make macOS on a tablet like this, mm-hmm. forget it. It would be amazing. And it would be so, so much better than what we have now, even with iOS 11's improvements on the iPad, which I'm really enjoying. Right. This is even better than that. And I think Apple's wrong when they say, no, nope, we're not going to give you a touchscreen. We'll give you a touch bar instead. Oh, we don't like the interaction and the way that you would touch this. No, it's better. I'm telling you, Apple, you've got to do this. It's, it's better. Just being able to go in. If you want to scroll with your finger on the screen, scroll with your finger on the screen. You want to tap a button right on the screen, you can do it. You don't have to use the mouse. You don't have to use a trackpad. It blows away. The, and I mean, I've been using this touch bar on my, on my MacBook for a few weeks now. Uh, the touch bar sucks. It is, it is not a good experience from my standpoint at all. But... This was really interesting. This form factor was really cool. You could take the keyboard off and you can use it as a tablet. And when you want to use it as a laptop, click, thing is on there, and you're good to go. You can pair up Bluetooth devices and use a mouse. You want to use a mouse, you can use a mouse. I just kept thinking to myself, man, what if this was macOS on here? What if this was macOS Do you on think here? it has to be macOS? I mean, couldn't... Uh, so it sounds like the distinction is like when you're using an iPad, like even a very robust iPad with, you know, good hardware all the way down you're still using a tablet device right. that accommodates a keyboard and it sounds like what you're saying is different here is this is designed this is a full on uh, pc right 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 but i'll tell you the thing the thing to me that's that that at the end of the day that is really that i notice the biggest difference from is just it the idea of having because i love i i'm okay with ios but I love macOS, and mm-hmm. I am um, I'm much. If you gave me the choice, I'll always pick macOS. Always, I don't want macOS on my phone, but I do want it on my iPad. Right, and uh, and I feel like whenever I'm using the iPad, I'm I'm pretty productive. I'm pretty good. I'm not as good as you. Not as good as someone like Vitici, uh, you know, who who may uh, who make it their whole thing. And maybe that's my own uh, ineffectiveness, but. But you're still, you're still, when you're using an iPad, I'm not, I'm, I don't mean this as a complaint or anything, but like you are still trying to, you have to heavily adjust your workflow Correct. within the boundaries of what this thing will do all the way down to these multi-finger gestures to be able to have like, you know, two side-by-side screens. Right. It, it's still, there's still a lot of fussing there is. Uh, and to, you know, I would to emulate to- something that's easy on uh, the desktop. Right. And uh, for, for years, 
you know, Apple has said, oh, we don't worry. We're not going to start making iOS stuff happen on macOS. We're not going to be bringing macOS to this. But I'll tell you what, I know, you know, inside some lab at Apple, of course, they've tried this. Of course, they have macOS running on a tablet somewhere. And I have to tell whoever is in charge that they're wrong. I think it'd be great. I would love this. I would buy instantaneously if Apple said, oh, you can run macOS on a on an iPad Pro. I'm done. I'm get, I'm in line. I'm getting one. And wow. it, it, because it's, I always feel like I can, I personally can do a whole heck of a lot more on Mac OS than I can do. And of course I'm doing software development, all kinds of nerdy, stupid edge case, corner case stuff. And I know that I'm weird that way. Um, but I just, I feel like there is, there is something, there is something there. There is something to this. And so it is the, it, am I going to be using a surface as my primary? No, I'm not going to be, but it was, it's a very interesting experiment. And I feel like Microsoft is doing something here that if you think about it, if all you want to do is use this thing like a tablet, that's fine. You never have to use a keyboard. You never have to do anything else. It's a really nice tablet. You can do all the stuff you want to do with it. But like, put a keyboard on it and even hook up a mouse to it or Bluetooth mouse it. And guess what? Like you've got a computer now and that kind of versatility at once is kind of, it's a little bit confusing. It's like, wait a minute, what is this thing? Is it a laptop? Is it a laptop replacement? Is it a tablet? I don't really know. But the other side of that is you can use this thing however you want to use it. And Apple tends, and it made me kind of think more about Apple and and they're very wise in what they do as well. But, you know, Apple creates a device that has a singular purpose. Like if you get an iPad, like you're getting an iPad, you're not getting something that's, what is it? I don't know what it is. No, you know what it is. It's an iPad. And so I don't know if that's any valuable insight for people or not, but it was, it was very interesting to me to use something like this, where you're not really sure what you're using. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, But I'll tell you what, dude, that keyboard and that little kickstand thing. Get those on the Apple, get those on your iPads because that's really awesome. You don't have to use them, but it, it takes away that need from, well, I got to find the right case now. And this case that I have flops around and the thing is here. And the other, no, that's all gone with this little kickstand. You don't have to use it if you don't like it. It didn't take up hmm. any more space. It doesn't add any weight and it's super strong. But no, it's I'm easy, not like converted to it or anything. Well, on the one hand, uh, it's really nice to hear that this went better than we expected. Um, yeah. On the other hand, the other bi- one big takeaway from this, I feel like, is that you know uh, to stay curious and creative, it doesn't hurt to expose yourself to stuff that's not something you're normally exposed to. I mean, creative in, in the true sense of the word, in order to be able to even envision things that are not the way they are right now, to, or to you know imagine making things differently in the future. And uh, that's that's always a good experience, or not always a good experience, but it's usually a valuable experience to be exposed. Whether it could also be going like, "Wow, I really don't like Android phones," right? But it could, but it could just as often be a case where you go, "Now I'm, I this might change a little bit about what I think, what I expect, what I even try." In the same way that using a um, Mac on the desktop might make you want to be able to have drag and drop on your iPad, now who knows? You might find yourself trying some new and different things because you've realized the experience could be there with this other thing. So you're getting a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of your how your expectations and behavior line up with what's currently capable. Very much so. And, and that's the whole thing is it is very eye-opening to see what this completely different world looks like you know and that's the big thing about traveling like i I had to go to houston last week and um and you know like you stay in the hotel and everything and then you get back and you're like all right like that 
it, it's sort of a reset. You look at things in a different way. You see your kids, they seem taller all of a sudden. And, you know, like these things oh, that yeah. you were sort of like, you're in, you're so into your own kind of habits and your own worldview and your own perspective. And it, and it becomes, things become routine. And when you're separated from them and you do some traveling or you take a break and you come back, you're like, oh, right. Now I see, I see this stuff in a different way. And that's kind of what it felt using this thing. Um, and then coming back. So thumbs up to the experience of uh, embracing the uh, the email. Yeah, embrace the email. Should we do this more often? Yeah. Really? No. Yes. Mm. I feel like we probably got lucky with this one. I think so. But maybe hmm. not. Maybe I should try everything. Maybe, we, you know, anytime someone says, do you want to try? I say yes. Hmm. Yeah, but just you know, you feel burned. You feel like you feel like they got you a little bit sometimes. Not with not with the, our friends at Microsoft or new friends at Microsoft, but like when you're like you're dealing with somebody and you're like, oh, this seems like a person with a good heart. You find it's actually just like, oh, I want you to promote my book. You know, it's like, yeah, oh. yeah. Good for you, Dan, and and thank you to our friends at uh, at Microsoft. Bok bok, bok bok. They did not pay for that, and I don't really not at all. And I don't think that I can keep this. I'm, or I'm not planning to. I'm planning on sending it back. So it's Ooh, nice if you could keep it. Maybe I'll keep it. Maybe I'll just. What are they going to do? Come to Austin? They don't have like, any presence here. It's pretty far away. They have police. Microsoft police going to come after me. Meaner, meaner. That pen though. Mm. Yeah, she, I never. I still have not gotten used to using the pen. It's. It's still something I have to remember to use. Yeah. And when I'm using it, I'm enjoying it. But like. Did they take, not didn't, feel, didn't they, Merlin, take away the thing where you couldn't use it to like tap things in the interface anymore? It could only be used to draw with? They did, briefly in the beta. And there was, I think, I don't want to say it's because of the outcry, but I can tell you there was such an outcry right. that they did bring it back, I think, in the next or almost next beta. Oh, good. But no, it's still be- you can still use it to like scroll and stuff like that. Good segment. <clears throat> I'm getting. I'm. I'm a, I'm a pony. I'm a little horse. Could you tell me about uh, one more thing that you like? I'd like to tell you about Squarespace. Have you heard of them? Squarespace. You have heard of them. I used Squarespace ten minutes before we started recording. What did you do? I went to. Um, I logged in and I created show notes for an episode of Roderick on the Line. I added an image. I uploaded an image. I formatted it all in the HTML uh, protocol and I uploaded a sound file and I pushed it all live. And right before we started, the new Roderick on the Line went up. Hosted by Squarespace. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's it's some, all right in there. That's something you can do with Squarespace. You can, you can, of course, you can blog with it. You can make. You can uh, do a store. People don't know this. You can do a store. What kind of store? Any kind of store. You could, see, you could sell mugs or stickers or you know. I mean, it should probably be legal things that you're selling. Oh, like you not know? dark web stuff. No dark webs. They're okay. not going to sell you any dark webs. Just light webs. No, but it's it's all in there. You know, no upgrades, no hacks, no having to edit a line of PHP to make the place where your menu shows up different like it's all just there it just works they've got built-in seo they've got free uh, secure hosting you don't ever have to patch anything or upgrade anything you can totally change the look and feel they got these beautiful templates it's all there everything is there they even have a little thing lets you make a logo and you can register your domain name there too even if you don't want a website you know what you have a website you're happy with it fine go get a domain there in Hmm. fact they have a special deal for our listeners Hmm. Uh, squarespace.com it's where you go you'll get a free trial do they, do they need a credit card to start their trial they don't hmm. but you can use the code back to work and you'll save 10% on your first purchase of a website or a domain you don't have to do both you just do one 
You get or do or do both. You get ten percent mm-hmm. off your first purchase, no matter what you do over there. It's a turnkey operation. You come in, here's some uh, schmo that's been over on these other sites, like some kind of a like a like a mook. You come into here, they're going to set you up soup to nuts. That's right. Soup to nuts. You get a name, you get a site, you get it all. You just put it on the Squarespace. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a pretty good deal. Squarespace.com. Code is back to work. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and back to work with Dan Benjamin. Mm, Merlin man. Oh, I'm so tired. What? How, how much sleep did you get uh, last night? Oh, you know. You get enough? You feel good? Uh, you know, some of the nights when I sleep the longest, I also have the most awakenings. And I, you know, kind of make myself go back to sleep for bonus sleep and double bonus sleep. Um, so I had a lot of awakenings, even though I got like 7.42 last night. I've been trying really hard to go to bed before 11. That's my new thing. Yeah. Did John, t- that's, I can't do that. Did John tell you about his thing? I saw in the show notes for your episode that he's working on a sleep schedule. Yeah, his, he has a little rhyme thing to go with it. And it's um, done, what is it, done at 12. Done at 12. Done at 12, bed asleep by one or something. But he, he said it in a way that rhymed. Yeah. Or something like that. Done so that's, at 12 on the shelf. Yeah, like that. Something like that. He's but, good but at mnemonics. Basically, he's, his thing is, whatever he's doing, it's like a 12 we're done asleep. A 12 we're done asleep by one. That's it. 12 we're oh. done asleep by one. Oh, that's nice. So he, he stops doing whatever he's doing at midnight. And then his goal is to be sleeping at one. So I told him I told him some of our tricks, some of the melatonin mm-hmm. and nositol, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Dark room. I don't think he's doing any of that. No. Yeah, it's difficult, and you know it kind of shades into um, stuff we, you know, try to get going with our kid about like cognizance about time. Mm. And saying and we've you know we've been on this system for a while now where you get like a, a warning, not a warning that's the wrong way to put it but like you get a video at the game time for an hour, and when there's 15 minutes left, I'm gonna let you know that you know there's 15 minutes left, and then the idea is you stop on your own before that time shows up, right? Oh and, uh, man, that's, that's that's impressive. She's doing that, not well. Mm. The other one you can do though is say to your lady in a tube. Um, they've added this in the last few weeks where you can name your timers. Mm-hmm. So you say to your dingus, um, set a video game timer, or you could even say set a video game time is done timer mm-hmm. <laughs> for 15 minutes and then it goes off and you have to talk to it to make it stop. I mean, I, there are things you can do. You could do stuff like have your TV automatically sleep after an hour, but like that accomplishes the nominal end goal, but does not build the habit we're looking for i have not figured out how i've not mastered how to get that habit better with a basic habit you want is this which is like you learn to watch what time it is and then you get down and brush your teeth without being told 50 times that you're already 10 minutes past the time and now you now you're threatening and you're doing the countdown i heard someone do the countdown yesterday and i was just like to their kid yeah and i was like his dude just say like why are you doing that like like the 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 for the non-parents uh, you guys need to get over here. If you don't come over here in 10, 9, 8, like that? No, it's, it's, it's that. Yes, it is that, but it's even worse. Where you go like, Todd, 
Todd, what have I told you about jungle gym time, Todd? And Todd's not paying attention because he knows he's still got lots of counts. Mm -hmm. Todd, Todd, you get down from that jungle gym right now. And you go, Todd, I'm going to count to three. (laughs) One, two, three. Todd, I told you to get off that. It's like. Like, you hear in the parent's voice when they're doing that, that they have no credibility. Mm. When you begin talking to your kid in this voice, you've already lost all credibility. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do the yelling and then like, no, Todd, I'm going to count down from 10, but it's going to be in Spanish and you're going to be sad. And it's like, it's just, I mean, I guess if it works, that's great. I don't think it works. You know? Because it's not really, it's not creating the habit. You're just, you're, you are hacking at what you want to accomplish. Right. What you, what you are, I mean, like, this is the hard thing for me to accept. I think it's hard for a lot of parents to accept. Uh, in the end, you, you, what you end up doing is trying to create a compliant human. You try to create a human who follows your rules to whatever the letter is. But that's not what makes a person a good person, Right. I mean, that's what makes somebody tricky because mm-hmm. then they learn how to follow to the letter of the law. Right. Or they learn how to like stretch it out into the last possible moment. I can't prove this yet, but my gut is if I say, all right, got 15, 15 minute countdown till video games are over, you know, and then, you know, when she was younger, I would give, I would also give a five minute warning. And the rule was, you, you know, we've talked about this for years. The rule was like, you've got the iPad has to be closed or the PlayStation has to be slept. Uh, you got to close the iPad, hand it back to me and say, thanks. And that's like how we're going to do this transaction. And it doesn't always work. But, you know, I think part of being consistent is always being consistent in the same way. If you're just consistently someone who yells a lot, that's not technically consistency. That's just being a jerk. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's, I think when, when you get frustrated, I don't know, I have this, my own version of unhappy hour between like five and seven when my brain is just fried mm-hmm. from the day. My attention is just... At wit's end, she's getting real energetic right before the bath time that we're demanding, and I'm getting very like, oh, I am so tuned out to this right now. I, you built a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful sun shelter for your new porg, but like, I just, I, I can't have an hour on the porg right now. It's a very cute, it's a very cute creature, but I, I cannot intensely, and then I can't go through a series of handing messages back and forth, and then I go, what, I go, you know what, you're a dummy. Your kid wants to have messages back and forth with you about the porg. Why don't you suck it up and go play? And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. All I know is consistency is both the most important and the most difficult part of this stuff. And it's true for John, it's true for me. I mean, I still, I get a ding on my Fitbit at 10.01 p.m., and I get a notification at 10.01 p.m. every night that says time to start getting ready for bed. And the only difference is now I'm trying to follow that. And I'm trying to be in bed with my head on the uh, buckwheat pillow by 11 at the latest. I think that's really oppressive. Well, I mean, I'm not that busy. I mostly just really like watching TV. You know? Or a lot of times reading. A lot of times that's also when I will read. But... Um, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. It is hard. Getting your sleep squared away is hard. Sorry, there's yeah. a spider on my microphone right now. Hang on. Did you know did you know it was gonna be there? No. Okay. Oh. Ooh, jeez. <gasps> oh my goodness. Where is that? Were you very gentle with it? Yeah, very. Uh-huh. Okay. It dropped down from the ceiling on a web okay. and it hit the boom and it started running all around the, the little uh screen the ne- 
Now the little, you know, boom, shock mount and everything. And shock it's mount. just like going up and down over little, like he like he runs the place. Uh, oh, is that it? Hmm. Dan Dan's looking for a spider. I don't know where. I'm just gonna keep my eyes out for it. Okay, I think this is probably a good point to stop. All right. That's that's very very upsetting, Dan. Now, why do you think you didn't? You don't think you conjured it, and you definitely no, didn't, I didn't detect I it. I wasn't. No. Not Are you that off your time. game? No, you I just little, I don't. I think if I if I I've trained myself not to think about them because then they come into being. So I never think them. about them. Any, yeah, because okay. I never think about them anymore. But this so was, don't think of an don't think of an elephant except for a falling spider. <sighs> you, you think you're gonna be able to find it? I think I got it. I, th- I had you to may, gra- I grabbed an old DVD backup of my iPhoto library from uh, 2003 that oh, was nice. sitting on the desk, <laughs> and I used that to kill it. Oh, that'll be handy. Yeah. Well, we have other odds and sods that we can probably save uh, for next time. All right. uh, uh, I want to thank our sponsors, FreshBooks and Squarespace. Yeah, good thank people. you. Anybody else you want to thank? You want to thank uh, Microsoft? You want to thank your sure. uh, your, cuckoo, your cuckoo buddies? You want to thank them one more time? Yeah, cuckoo kangaroo, cuckoo kanga. And if you're if you're googling for it, it's cuckoo kangaroo. Separate but it's not words. cuckoo like the bird. It, it, it's it's coo like the Debbie Harry solo album. Yes. it's K O O space K O O space. Right, kanga space mm-hmm. space rue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll thank uh, I'll thank Dan for being here. I'll thank uh, Glyph for making me feel bad about VPNs. I'll thank uh, Two Cats Comics, West Portal Avenue. Uh, you can come out on November 16th for the meetup. Uh, I'm not going to thank Skype. I'm not going to do it. No, not this time. It's in my bad books right now. They don't deserve it. What about the spider? Do we thank the spider? We thank it for never coming back. Thank you. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.